gracious heavenly father lord we give you praise with yes. much thanksgiving you are so incredibly wonderful we bless you we honor you we love you you are so worthy you are so good you are so kind we thank you because you have given us the biggest gift you could have ever given us in Jesus. Because of Jesus, we were able to come home. Because of Jesus, we have been reconciled, renewed, restored, and made new in you. And we thank you for our new identity. We thank you that when Jesus left, he did not leave us comfortless, but you've given us the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for doing your job with such mm, excellence. Yes. We thank you for doing your job with such intentionality. We thank you for being so patient with us, for being so gracious and so kind with us and being so committed to bringing us into who we are created to be in Jesus Christ. Now, you said that anytime we could see here and understand the word that we would be converted and healed. And so we release even now the anointing of sight. We release even now the anointing of proper hearing. And we release even now hearts that are aligned. Yes. We are ready. We are excited. We are people who hear your word and receive it with joy. We are people who obey with gladness. And we are a people who get results because we believe our God. And we declare right now that there is an anointing being released that will take all of us to the next level in our finances so that we can leave an inheritance for our children's children. Wealth and riches can be in our home and we can be a distribution yes. center to the kingdom of yes. God and yes. the world yes. around us yes. so that your name is glorified. We declare Jesus is Lord Amen. in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Listen, let's get ready. Somebody go ahead and just go to those comment sections real quick and just type this, just declare this, say, I am ready to grow. I am ready to grow because this morning I believe that there is going to be, as Pastor Sean said, at least one word that you hear today that is going to absolutely change the trajectory of your life. Amen. I just believe. That. Amen. Listen, you guys know this is uh, October 31st. It is the last Sunday in the month of October. That means that we basically have two months, only two months left in 2021. It was about a year ago that the word of the Lord came to us. It actually gave us a word that has propelled us through all of 2021. Yes. And typically at the beginning of the month and the end of the month, I go back and I read that prophetic word just to see if there's something else is going to jump off the page to me. Uh, Pastor Ralph was actually talking about it on Wednesday. If you uh, watch the Wednesday broadcast, he too was, was reading some things out of that prophetic word. And I think it's a great way for us to start this morning as we're talking about walking uh, in financial dominion. As we talk about walking into financial dominion, we really need to remember what God has been saying to us Amen. really all year long. Uh, when we started uh, with that prophetic word, he gave us a scripture uh, to remember. And that scripture is located in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It's not new. It shouldn't be new. We've been reading this uh, for All over year. a year now. All year. Uh, and so I hope, that, I hope that you understand what this scripture is saying to you. And I hope you've taken it into your life. But this morning, we want to take a look at it. And we want to read it together uh, as, as, a, as a ministry. And then I want to share just a couple of things of what, uh, the, what, the, what the prophetic word has said to us just to remind us. You know, some people may be saying, you know, wow, these first 10 months haven't been so great. And maybe that's true. But we know God can do more in the last two than he has in the previous 10. If you will get that word settled in your heart. Amen. Amen. And so it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. 
It says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, with all we have going for us, and we've got a lot of good stuff going for us. We got a lot of good and stuff. And I tell people all the time, no matter how bad your life may be, I guarantee you, I can find somebody who will trade spots with you. I'll find somebody who would who would take their life and swap it for yours, no matter how bad you think your life is. We talked about this having this attitude of gratitude. Uh, and I love what Pastor, you was reading Pastor Nitra's Facebook post to me this morning. And I thought it was so good because the reality of it is, is you can be grateful and still be hungry. You can be grateful for what you have, but still have a desire for more. And so he says here, he says, listen, with all we have going for us, I need you to do what? Be steadfast. He says, be unmovable, be secure and be firmly planted, firmly planted where? In that word of God. He then goes on to say, live your lives with unshakable confidence. You know, an unshakable confidence can only really come from the Lord. Because in this world, the Bible tells us we're going to have troubles. We know that we're not immune to life's challenges just because we're born again. And so he says here, he says, listen, even though you're in this world, I need you to live your life with the unshakable confidence that I've already ordained the things that you need in your life. He says, I want you to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. He goes on to say, we know that we prosper and we excel, my goodness, in every season. Somebody ought to just give God some praise for that. If we was in church right now, I'd ask Elder Valley to just play something and give us a little shout music. The Bible says we excel in every season. That means that, that means regardless to whether the economy is going one particular way, regardless of who's in the White House, regardless of what they're talking about, the supply chain shutting down and prices going up. All that stuff may be true, but the truth is we excel in every season. I love this right here because it says that tells us where our expectation should be. Absolutely. Our expectation as born again believers should be that we prosper and excel in, in every, every season. season. And we want to be careful that we don't let go of our faith because of what's happening in the world. We have to have the fortitude that says I don't care what it looks like right. because I'm supplied by God. Not only do I prosper and excel in every season, but because I trust God, I get to be a testimony to somebody else, no matter what the season is. I told somebody the other day, we were talking about the supply chain and, and it just rose up out of me. I said, heaven is my supply chain. Heaven is my, ooh, the, somebody there, else say There that. is no shortage of any resource in heaven. Heaven is my supply chain. You know, the thing I love about this scripture, he says, we know that we prosper and excel in every season. He didn't say by our education. No. Nope. He didn't say because of the people you know. Mm -mm. He didn't say because of your connections, because of your gender, or because of your race. He says, we know that we prosper in every season. By doing what? By serving who? The Lord. By serving the Lord. Do I have any people if out here you serve, serve the, Lord? the Lord, you ought to be giving God some praise this morning because this scripture is for you. This, do I have any people who serve the Lord? If you serve the Lord, you qualify for this. You should not settle for struggle. Turn and tell your virtual neighbor, <laughs> stop settling for struggle. Yes. It doesn't belong to you. It does. Struggle may be in the world, but you're not you in the world, but you're not of the world. You should not settle for struggle. And I love when we begin to teach about this, right? Because so many times we don't realize we have settled for something because it's common, not mm -hmm. because it's God, mm -hmm. because it's normal all around us. But we are not called to be normal. We are called to be a supernatural example of God in this world. I'm sorry. No, it's good. Which, which is why he says, 
He says, we know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured. We're that, assured. That, that, that means God, the Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent for anything. If God said it, that settles it. Amen. So therefore, because we are assured that our union with the Lord, what does it do? It makes our labor what? Productive. Productive. Somebody ought to shout right now. No struggle. No struggle. No struggle. No that, struggle. That's what she said, stop settling for the struggle. Stop. Destiny said, stop, stop settling for the struggle. Because he says we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive and not a waste of our time or our effort. This not a waste of time to serve the Lord. It's not a waste of time. It's not, to serve I, it the makes, Lord. It, I know the enemy tries to make us think that. He tries to make us feel like that, like all this stuff. We're praying and we're fasting and we're getting on service for 90 minutes or more. And, and we're coming to 630 prayer. And we're at 8 p.m. prayer and we're on Bible school and we're sewing. And, we do, and, and the enemy saying, why are you doing all that? Ain't, ain't nothing showing up in your life. The Bible says we are sure that our union with the Lord makes our life productive and it's not a waste of time or our effort i choose to believe god i choose to believe god and i want to tell you something that if the enemy keeps saying stuff to you like that that's because he's trying to draw you away by the lust of your own flesh mm -hmm. and one of the things that happens for a lot of people is you forget how far you come and so you will be like this didn't break through but sometimes you got to stop and say but how much how how much better is my marriage how much better is my relationship yeah. with my kids? How much better is my health? How much better? I may not always be able to see these big, grandiose testimonies, but what I know is that when I put my faith with God, something is improving in my life. Something is changing in my life. So when the enemy tells you that, you need to tell the enemy to shut up and not sit there and entertain that foolishness because the only reason he's trying to get you to back up is because he does doesn't want you to have the full manifestation of what God said. Stop entertaining that foolishness. I refuse to believe a lie. I refuse to believe a lie. <laughs> the Bible says that that is what the enemy is. He's a, he was a liar from the beginning. That's right, Dorothy. No more struggles because I believe God. I simply trust God. And so based on that scripture, that was the scripture that the Lord gave us in November of 2020. He said, I want you to use this scripture to anchor you all throughout 2021. Mm -hmm. And all I can tell you is that because of that push that he's given us with this word in 1 Corinthians, yes. we have seen God do more in our life in 2021, collectively, individually, and as a ministry than I had seen him do before. Amen. And I believe he's got even more for us in the year to come. But this year is not over. We still got two months. We still got two, we still months. Got two months. We still left. have two months. And so the prophetic word he began to give us in November of 2020 uh, was this. And I'm not going to read all of it. This just some excerpts and things that, that caught my eye as I'm going into this next month, this month of November. He says, hold on to the word which I have given you. The words that you have used to guide you through this year. Now that 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 rings true to me now in in October of 2021. With then when he gave it to us in November of 2020, even though it was good then because he had just walked us through the pandemic, or, or, or the the initial part of that pandemic. He says, "Hold on to the words which I have given you. The words that you have used to guide you through this year. Stand firm. Stand firm." He says, "And be prepared." to receive all 
that I will reveal to you in the days and months ahead. We still got some days and months ahead. I don't think God's through yet. I don't think God is through revealing some things to us and showing us some things and giving us revelation, insight, and understanding in the months, in the, in the days and months to come. He then goes on to say another part of it. He says, for I, the Lord your God, have been with you, and it is I that have brought you to where you are today. Glory we ought to, to give God some praise Hallelujah. for bringing us Glory to where we are to today. He you, said, Lord. it is I who brought, he said, you'd have lost your mind in 2021 if it wasn't for me. You'd have lost your house. You'd have lost your car. You'd have lost your marriage. You'd have been, you'd have, you'd have been separated from your keys. He said, if it wasn't for me, None of the stuff you have that you are appreciative of right now would even be there. He says, so no matter what you think you don't have, take a moment right now. He says, and you ought to praise me because I have been with you and it is I who have brought you to where you are today. He then goes on to say, I have done so so that you will be able to understand all of the marvelous things that I surely assign to be sent your way. God is all, I love it. We say it like this. God's not getting ready to do anything. He's already done it. What we're doing is walking in the lane so that we can be receptive of everything he's already done for us. Amen. Because God blessed us before we were ever, before we ever showed up on this earth. He already had it preordained and preplanned. Good past is what the Bible says for us. He then says in the days and months ahead, I need you to know that no matter what you see with your natural eyes and no matter how bad things may appear, know this. In other words, he says, I know what they say about the supply chain. I know what they're saying about the economy. I know what they're saying about COVID. I know what they're saying about uh, about gas prices going up and food prices going up. I know that they say there's not going to be anything on the shelves to even buy for Christmas. I know all of that stuff. He said, I don't care that you observe that with your natural eyes. He says, I don't care how bad the news media say it is in politics and everything. He says, know this. Heaven already saw it coming. Heaven already saw it coming. He says, and I am your solution. Somebody go ahead and declare that this morning. Say, God is my solution. God is my solution. God is my solution. And I want to say this. You know, I believe that we don't even understand the power of our words and not just believers. Human beings, we don't understand the power of our words. And one of the things we can have that this when we know that God is our solution we need to make sure we're not just saying what the world is saying, that we are prophesying heaven into earth. That means when they're saying there won't be enough, it is our responsibility to say, no, we stand as a son of God and we declare that resources are released. We declare, because at the end of the day, I don't know about y'all, I don't care how God get bread to people who hungry. I don't care if it's on the shelf or they go to their mailbox and they come out or every time they open the, their, their cupboard, it's more bread. Yep. What I know is that as a son of God, my responsibility is not to agree with the world, not to agree with the devil, not get on a gloom and doom side. My job is to say what God says. And we know that Jesus cares about people, not just saved people. He cares about everybody. And we want to say, since heaven is the solution, we release heaven. Release heaven into your situation. Somebody put in the comments that they make life seem so simple. The Bible tells us this gospel is so simple, even a child can mm -hmm. understand it. Who makes it complicated? Religion, the world, 
It is our job to simplify this. How do you simplify it? I just believe God. Well, Jesus was the example of that. The Bible says that after Jesus had finished preaching all day long, he got his disciples together and told them to gather the people and to have them to sit by families. And the Bible says that there were 5,000 men, not even counting the women and children. The Bible says that it was time to eat and Jesus told his disciples to go and to buy food. And they said, hey, it's late. We, we can't buy food from anywhere. And Jesus said, do we have anything to begin with? Do we have anything to work with? Do we have anything, anything to, work to work with? And the Bible says that some little boy had a two-piece fish dinner. And with that two-piece fish dinner, Jesus took it. And what did he do? He looked to heaven as his supply chain. And because he looked to heaven to be his supply chain, he began to break off pieces and everybody ate so much that when he got through breaking it, it was so much left. The little boy left with not two piece fish dinner, but 12 baskets full. Why? Because Amen. heaven is overflowing and waiting for us to access it. And people don't realize this, that the Bible tells us that Jesus shows us who we really are. Yes. He shows us yes. who we really are. We're not just supposed to esteem Jesus. He reveals the potential in us. He reveals the potential in us. That's what Jesus did. Us. So when we look at Jesus and there is a lack, we look at what he did. He looks up to heaven because there's no lack in heaven. Because the supply chain in earth was broken at that time. Come on. So come what on. he did is he relied on a supply chain that's never backed up. This never backed up. He looks to heaven and he releases perfect. I love what Nietzsche said. These are not just cute They're Bible not. stories. This is life. That's right. This is freedom. And if you would learn not just to see it as a cute Bible story, you would find yourself multiplying resources. And that is why you could be sure that you will walk in financial dominion regardless. Or, or as they used to say, irregardless, right. irregardless of what's happening, you're going to walk in financial dominion because I don't look at what's happening in the world. I ask God, do you still have bread? Yep. Do you still have meat? Do you still have money? Do you still have healing? And then we pull heaven into earth, which is exactly what Jesus told us to do yep. when we pray. Yep. When you pray, mm -hmm. say Thy will be done on, on earth as it is where? Already in, in heaven. heaven. As a born again believer, you need to stop looking at earth to determine what you can have. It is not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught us that we pull from heaven into the earth because we are seated in heavenly places. We literally have dual citizenship. We literally are positioned as ambassadors and everybody knows that if you are an ambassador, it is your home country that provides for you. Tell your neighbor, say my home country is heaven. I love that. My home country, my home is, country heaven. is heaven. And when you get that revelation, that's when you can understand the second part of that when he says, so don't worry. So don't worry. He says, so don't worry and don't what? Fear. Don't, don't, don't fear. Don't worry. Don't, don't be overly concerned about it and don't be in fear. Don't be in dread. Don't be in something that's the opposite of faith. He says, do not worry and don't you fear. He says, no with what? Surety. What? If you don't know it with surety, that means that you are wavering. If you're wavering, that means you're double-minded. The Bible says, let this be true. Let not a double-minded man think he shall receive anything, what? Anything of the God. Lord. He says, so I don't need you to be double-minded. I need you to be sure. He says, no, with surety that what? 
I have already, I have already seen, seen you, you through. through. He says, so be exceedingly grateful for where, where you, you are, are now. now. Give God some praise for where Hallelujah. you are right now. Give God some Glory praise for all God. that he's done for you. Don't think about it, what you don't have. Think about what he has done for you. He says, so be exceedingly grateful for where you are now. He says, I haven't forgotten the anointing, the graces, and the gifts that I have placed in you and I am bringing out of you. He says, your alignment and agreement with me and my word was designed for the seasons that you're about to face. He says, so in these days, there it is again, don't what? Fear. Don't fear. He says, don't fear what? What you've heard. Don't fear what you, don't fear what you hear. Don't uh, and do not be moved by the narratives that will fill your ears. But do not align with my words. He says, if you hear and I love what you said, if you're hearing stuff out there and, and, and the news is reported, all this stuff, but, you know, it doesn't line up with the word. Don't repeat it. Don't be saying what the news said. We got to watch our words. Amen. Watch our words. And then finally, he, he closes with this. And this was the part that I kind of highlighted for the month of November for me. He says, I am causing a great shift in both this nation and in you. And when I thought about that, I thought about what you actually said this morning, that this is still a five to one season. Yes. It is still that that is the shift that he is making in us. So as we get ready to walk in this financial dominion, we need to keep these things in mind. I love it. And I just want to say something about the last thing you said. I am causing a great shift in both you and this nation. So many times when we hear a word that God wants to do in a nation, we begin to look politically mm. and economically mm. for those changes to come. Mm -hmm. But we just finished a series where we talked about the sons of God. The sons of God are responsible for creating mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. We don't create change because we legislate for it in nope. the earth. We don't create change because we try to force people to be better. We create change when we know our position and we begin to stand boldly. In, in Here's a good example of this. Here's a good example of sonship right here. When the pandemic happened, when it shut down, Kristen is a... Um, she does something with parents and community support in, at her school at Boone Park. And we, she found out that they were going to close school. She immediately begins to message us and say, if they close school, my babies aren't going to eat. She says, we will feed them. She doesn't maybe not even realize it, but what she has is resolve that she is not going to allow those kids to go hungry just because there is a pandemic. So we're like sitting there thinking, okay, how are we going to feed all these kids at the school? Because Chris is so forceful in it. We know we're going to feed these kids. But when she stands as a son, she begins to get released to strategies and resources that begin to bring food to the school. And before they knew it, even though school was out, they were having a lunch program that people could come and pick up food. They were delivering food to people. But she didn't just say, oh, my God, my baby's going to be hungry. I'm going to go home and cry. She said, no, this is unacceptable. What do we need to do as believers? Do we begin to need to say, this is just unacceptable because heaven has a better solution. Because she opened her mouth and released words. 
And when you release words, words become containers to hold our reality. That's the reason we've been saying that 2021 is still the year of supernatural release. What are you opening your mouth? What are you saying? What are you releasing out of your mouth? What are you allowing God to do through you, in you, and for you? But if you've got your mouth closed or you're saying the wrong thing, then it never works for you. And so it's important that we understand that even we may see problems in the next two months, the next six months, the next 12 months, you've got to open your mouth and declare the solution, even if you don't know where it's coming from. Absolutely. That's how you begin to walk in any level of dominion. So we're talking about walking in financial dominion. So understand, if you come here, one of the scriptures you used was in James, where you said a double-minded man shall not receive anything from the Lord. So if you come here on Sunday, if you make the declarations that I post on my page, the church post, if you sow your seeds, but then when a bill comes, you say, I don't never have no money. That's what you're going to have. You have to begin to agree with God, because your words are containers. So are you building containers that talk about your lack and your insufficiency? Right. Or are you building containers that have abundance and overflow? And Pastor Edwin and I, we build containers with abundance and overflow. We give heaven something to feel. Can you turn and tell your name and say, give heaven something to feel? Mm -hmm. Give some, heaven something to feel. So we're talking about this. Why are we teaching this? Because we want you to fully grasp God. God's plan to prosper you. Mm -hmm. It is not the will of God for you to be broke. It's not. It is not the will of God it's for not. you to live paycheck to paycheck. It is not. It is not the will of God for you to live to rob Peter to pay Paul. It's not. It is not the will of God for you to run out of money before you run out of month. It is not the will of God for you to have raggedy stuff in your house because you can't afford new stuff. That is not the will of God. It is not the will of God for you to have to release your faith for your car to crank right. up. We talk that about is that. Not the that wheel. You are not designed to live from miracle to miracle. You're not. You're designed to live from what? Faith to faith. faith You're to not faith. supposed to be living from miracle to miracle. Miracle was designed to be signs of wonder for the unbeliever. If you are a believer, you need to be believing in God and living in his best, not his, not these miracles, nothing wrong with miracles, but you weren't designed to live by them. But the truth of it is, is that some people don't even get the miracles because they have no That's expectation. True. That's true. They get used to ragging. Yep. They get used to broken. They get used to struggling. That's not how you're supposed to live. You're supposed to be an example of God's provision. Amen. People should see not only your righteous character, but they should see his supernatural provision on your life. Because I want to be clear about this. When we talk about miracles, we're not talking about the supernatural. The supernatural is when God gives you solutions yes. and he says, this is how you pay the bills. Yep. And you go, it don't make sense that I would pay the bills this way. But when you pay the bills this way, then he works things on your behalf. We're saying, we're saying you are not designed. Hear me, guys. You are not designed to have to wonder how you go eat tomorrow. Right. You're not created for that. That is not the will of God for your life. You are not created to beg. Yes. Say this. Say, I'm not created to beg. You are not created to beg. There is enough provision for you, Amen. right? Amen. So we want you to take take control of your financial life by coming into a place of faith with the Lord, right? And to begin to exercise dominion over your finances. Mm -hmm. Say, I have dominion over my finances. I have dominion over I my finances. I have dominion over my finances, right? 
So before we dig back into this, we talked about when we taught our series, Understanding Kingdom Prosperity, we stated that there are three yep. reasons for kingdom prosperity or three reasons that God blesses his people. Yep. Number one, to establish his covenant. So important. To establish his covenant. Let me tell you something. A lot of times you'll see really wealthy people and those really wealthy people will say things like this. When I die, I'm not going to leave an inheritance for my children yep. because they need to get what they get. Right? Yeah. That ain't God. That's not God. That ain't God. That's man's way of thinking. That's man's way of thinking. God was always interested in leaving legacy. God is always interested in leaving legacy. He's always interested in leaving inheritance. So it's to establish his covenant, which is that he is good to us. Amen. Come on, put that he in the God, God, God is, is good, good to me. me. God is God good to strength. God is good to me. Hold on, I got to type this. God, you go ahead, keep talking. God is good to me. Because that's the truth. And I want to help some wives out here. God is good to strength. I want to help some wives. And this is not one of those TikToks where I'm saying something and my husband going to be like, I'm not telling the truth. Women, a lot of times women, you limit your financial prosperity because you make your husband your source. Mm. Yes, it is a wonderful thing to have a husband that you can partner with and a husband who will see you on a purse, see you on a car, see you on a trip and give it to you. But let me tell you something. I am not limited by the finances of Edwin Strickland for my provision. That's right. Because the truth of it is, is that Edwin Strickland cannot afford everything God desires right. to do in my life. Right. That is why I am a sower. That is why I put my hands to what God put my hands to. Because the reason that this is so important is because if you're a single woman, you believe you have limitations until you get a husband. Mm. It's simply not true. That's right. God is my source. Now I want to speak to husbands. Husbands, it is not your responsibility to take care of your family by yourself. Right. That's right. You cannot afford to take care of your family by yourself. But if you will partner with heaven, you will live in a way that is superior no matter what promotion you get, no matter what increase you get, you will live above that because God never intended for us to live like the world that is uh, the weight is all on you i don't god isn't interested in me or if i'm single i ain't got no options for anything god is all of our source all of and our if source. we allow him to be our source we will live and give at levels that baffle even us that's right amen amen, amen. number two to promote his kingdom yep i was saying to my mentees the other night it's still too many people hungry yep it's still too many battered women who don't have a place yep. to go. It's still too many homeless people. It's still too many veterans who not getting yep. the care that they need. It's still too many. We don't have, we don't know how places to send kids after they've been sex trafficked. He needs us to take our place. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, you think about this, there's 106 of us yep. on here. Yep. But what if all of us were already walking in kingdom dominion? What if uh, we were already debt free and walking in financial Imagine status? Imagine all that we could do. Imagine all, all that, that we, we could, could do. do. Look okay. what we're doing now, but imagine what we could do. Imagine what we could do. Why do we need you to imagine what we could do? Because if you begin to imagine it, you begin to talk about it and we begin to say things like this. We're already giving scholarships, but we begin to say, you begin to say things like this. I need to have kingdom dominion because I heard pastor them say that we want to give away full scholarships. Mm -hmm. And while we thank God for the $10,000 the $10, we do give away,
away. That ain't full yet. God, I need you to increase me so we can get the full. And then we begin to say things like this. When a a couple has been in our church and they get married, you know what we want to do for them? We want to give them a down payment for a house. What? How could you do that? Because all of us begin to say, I must take my place. The Bible says this. Jesus says this. He says, you will have the poor with you always, not that you are the poor. Right, right. You tell your neighbor, say, I'm not the poor. And when it comes to promoting his kingdom, you got to remember, there will be times God will ask you to do stuff for people who don't even know him. They don't even, they know, don't even know who he is because we get to be representatives of the kingdom of God. And God says, this is why I need to put wealth in your hands, because I can trust you to do what I tell you to do with it. God doesn't just want us to be wealthy just so we can flex. He says, no, I need you to be wealthy because I need hands in the earth. I need hands, I in, need the hands in the earth who will feed the hungry. I need hands in the earth who will pay off medical bills. I need hands in the earth that are give full scholarships. I need hands in the earth that are help repair homes for the homeless. I need hands in the earth. God, I'm willing to be your hands. And when you say I am willing to be your hands and you're honest about it, God doesn't mind putting resources in those hands. I want to know if it's anybody who being stared like, no, I'm willing to be your hands because, see, you don't realize there are testimonies that come because people will begin to ask you, why would you do this for mm-hmm. me? And then you get to say, God sent me. Jesus sent me. He loves you. He sees that you're struggling. He knows that you didn't have enough food. I want you to understand that wealth is a tool and we need to take our lion's share yes. so that Glory we can use we can use money. Money is not is a horrible God, but it is a wonderful tool. Yes. Right? And then that ties in the three that we just went on to to bless humanity mm-hmm. through us. To bless humanity. And I want to stretch some of you right now. Many of you, because of a poverty and a scarcity mentality, you really have been taught that God takes care of need, but you don't define need the way God defines needs. Yeah, yeah. We define needs as barely making it. You define need that if you need $3, Mm -hmm. you get $3. Mm -hmm. God doesn't do anything barely. Mm -mm. Can you put that in the comments? God doesn't do anything barely. God has given men more sperm than they can ever use, women more eggs than they can ever produce, more flowers, more birds, more types of more wor- stars. I was reading just the other day that there are there are trillions of stars. Talk about the stars. No, I'm just saying, I mean, you just think about how big and how vast God is. God doesn't ever, you don't ever need two dollars and God give you $1.99. Or God gives you just $2. You need two. God gives you $2 million. I mean, he's just such a super big God. The thing that limits God is us. I'm, you're, you're, oh, my God. I'm so excited. You literally took us. what I was about to say. Because check this. Guys, can I? I, I, I wonder if anybody else is getting scared up as we are about this. It's like God wants to do so much for us. But this is what we do at home. So they just get to see what we do at home, right? <laughs> I want y'all to think about this. What is the difference between... A hundred dollars and a million dollars to God. Nothing. Nothing. The difference is in you. The difference is you realize some people think a hundred dollars a lot of money. Yes. And some people don't think a hundred dollars is any money. The The difference difference is in them. It's in them. It's in them. It's It's where their mind is set. It's where their revelation is. You know, it's where their experience is. And the truth of the matter is, if you've ever had an experience with God, then you know that nothing you could ever need in this natural earth is too big for him because he's just so marvelous. And in fact, 
God had your solution and your provision before you ever had a need. He, uh, he, when he gave you gifts and talents, he also gave you wealth when you came here. Mm -hmm. You came here with wealth in you. You're like, well, Pastor John, if I came here with wealth in me, why do I live like this? Because the enemy has done everything to make you forget, yes. to make you believe that you came from poverty, to make you believe that you got to be a thief and a liar in order to prosper. But it is time for us to do Romans 12 and 2 and renew our mind. Genesis 12 and 3 yes. tells us this because this is so important. The reason you have to align your thinking is because God does not bless any man beyond his commitment to be a blessing. Yes. And I want you to hear this because some of you don't realize that there are some wealthy people who don't know Jesus, mm. but they have committed to be a blessing. Mm. And there are some born again believers who have never committed to be a blessing. And so you say, well, why would God give so-and-so X amount of dollars? He would give them X amount of dollars because in their heart, mm. even if they don't know Jesus, they respond to the fact that eternity in their heart told them they're supposed to be a blessing. Mm. But many of us, because we see ourselves from a position of lack and a position of scarcity, we literally don't even think about how we can be a blessing. And we've been saying this for years. One of the ways you can touch your, you can track your own mindset is that if you still get more excited because someone gave you Starbucks, Come on. then because you gave Starbucks, yes. you don't know who you are yet. Because the, because the giving high should be higher than the receiver's the high. The giving high should the be giving higher. High, you should get higher off of giving than you do off receiving. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you haven't made the switch yet, it's telling you something about what's on the inside of you, what's yes. internally working. Yes. Out. It should be, you should get up every day saying, God, I'm willing to be a distribution center. Mm -hmm. Who can I bless? But many people get up every day saying, who go hook me up? Mm -hmm. Who go help me? Who go give me a discount? How can I get this cheaper? No, no, no. I'm getting up every day saying, who can I be a blessing to? So you need to understand this. God will never bless any man beyond his commitment. And I hear this. I heard this by the Holy Spirit right here. Some of you say, if I had X, I would do. Uh, you and let me tell you why you're mm. not passing the test. Mm -mm. Because you got Y and you won't do. Mm -hmm. You saying, if I had a million dollars, I would do X. But when you had $10 and the Lord told you to give it to your coworker, you wouldn't. And so when you say that, you are missing your opportunity to show God you can be trusted. The Bible tells us in Luke 15 that you got to show yourself faithful over the little first. Little? You got to show yourself faithful over that which is little before you can be in trusted with the more. It's mm -hmm. the same principle you, we use with our kids. Can can I can I trust you to keep your bike out of the driveway so I don't run over it when I back out? Can I trust you to keep your room clean? Can I trust you not to tear up your gaming system? If you can demonstrate that you can be responsible for those little things, then I can get you a car. Yes. But if you can't be responsible over little, how can I make you a, a, a ruler or make you the owner of much? So there are many of you when you're saying, man, I want to go to this six figure level. He's like, but what do you do where you are right now? What, are, are you faithful in the things that I have? Can I trust you right now? Can I trust you right now? Don't tell me what I could trust you with if you got a million dollars. Can I trust you down that you got a hundred? Because remember, the prophecy said to be faithful for where you are today. 
So if I got the hundred today, can I be as trustworthy with the hundred as I say I'm going to be with the million? And I'm just going to say this because church people do this and they're so religious. You know, people get up in the morning, they like, good morning to all you millionaires and billionaires. And I'm not trying to be a hater, but you ain't going to be neither. And you're not going to be either because two things. Number one, you're not faithful where you are mm. right now. God has no interest in giving you more. And number two, you won't do what he told you to do. And if you do that, are you faithful with the little? My friends will tell you this from way back when I first started preaching. I preached to one person like I preached to 5,000 people. I give my, I, I'm all in with air because this is my gift and I'm supposed to use it, right? So if you're not willing to sow the $10, many times people be like, man, I would, you know, uh, if, if you can see it on Facebook, you can see the ugliness of it. If you, um, if you want to, if you want a lotto, would you give your church the whole time? I'm not giving my church that much money. It's evidence now because you don't give your church the money that you have right now. And then you're like, why would God want to increase you? You're not trustworthy. But you know what everybody can do today right now? You can make the decision to be trustworthy yeah. and shift. Yeah. Because in Genesis 22 and 17, it says this scripture right here that I love. It says, I will certainly bless you. Yeah. It's conditions, but he says, I'm certainly going to bless you. I'm certainly going to bless you. I'm going to bless you because you can go back to Genesis 12 and 3. He says, I'm going to bless those who bless you, and I'm going to curse those who curse you. So sometimes we think about external, but he's also talking to us. He says, I'm going to curse you if you if you become a person who, who, who doesn't do what I say. He says, but I will bless those who bless you, and I will bless you for blessing others. He says, and think I will about certainly the cursing bless you. like this. The curse is to be cut off from your yes. inheritance. He says, if you do it my way, your inheritance will flow freely through you. But if you don't do it my way, you will be cut off, mm. which is why many of you are struggling, not because you don't love Jesus. You simply haven't done it his way. And so you are cut off from his inheritance. You don't want to live like that. You do not want to live that way. Deuteronomy 28, it says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully obey and carefully follow his commands, the Lord will set you high oh, wow. above yes. all the nations of the earth. You will be blessed. So here's the first condition. If I want to be blessed financially, what do I have to do? Obey the yep. Lord and follow his commandments. Yep. Obey the Lord and follow his commandments. And it says, you will be blessed. Somebody shout, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How do I tap into I'm the blessing? Do it his way. Uh-huh. Do, do it his way. Amen. Amen. All of these blessings will come up on you mm -hmm. and accompany you. Yeah. That, <laughs> That's yes. why that's why you ain't got to hustle to be blessed. Mm -hmm. yes. That's why you don't have to grind to be blessed. Yes. If you will do what he tells you to do. Yes. Listen, I you know I know it. Listen, there are so many times that there are people that I just want to say to them you are stuck because you don't obey God. You hard-headed. That's what my mama used to say. You hard-headed. Hard -headed. And a hard head makes a soft behind. And that is true even in the kingdom. You won't oh, you you keep wondering why you're not blessed. It's because you are hard-headed. And I'm going to give you an example. And I don't know how far we're going to get in this teacher's day, but I'm going to just tell you this. There are many of you that no matter how many times you have heard, not just from us, not you've read it. The Holy Ghost has talked to you. You have heard about the tithe, but you still won't tithe. You have heard about offerings, but you still won't offer. And there are many of you that you still won't sow seed. 
You just refuse. You just to, you just have decided it's got to be another way. You've decided it's got to <laughs> be another way. Even though the word is clear, you've decided it's got to be another way. You have no matter how much somebody communicates the word My to God. you, no matter how much somebody blesses yes. you, no matter how many times God lets yes. somebody sow into you to show you that you never say, man, you know what, God, wow. I want to wow. some of you. Wow. And I love to say this because all y'all don't go to church here. Wow. All y'all don't go to church here. You ain't never gave nothing to your pastor, mm. but you always asking for something. Pastor, can you pray for me? Mm. Pastor, can you come through for me? Mm. Pastor, can you come see about my kids? But nothing in you has ever taken the scripture that says, if you are communicated word, you should my give God. back to them. I'm just telling you, my right? God. He says, so if you fully obey the Lord mm -hmm. and carefully follow his command, mm -hmm. tell your neighbor, say you are special to the Lord, but you are not exempt from obedience. You are awesome. You are special to the Lord, but you, son, you, daughter, brother, me, sister, me, you, everybody, you, you are, are not exempt. exempt. You are not exempt from obeying you God. You are not exempt from obeying God. Mm -mm. And and I, 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 okay, Holy Ghost, some of you are broke because you're selfish. Yep. You are broke because you're selfish. And, and you're selfish and you don't follow kingdom principles. Mm -hmm. You don't follow kingdom principle because if you will follow kingdom principle, you will find that in the same way that God says that gravity works for everybody, kingdom principles work for everybody too. They work for that is the reason that non-believers yes. participate because in kingdom there are kingdom principles. principles. There are kingdom principles, and I say this all the time. I'm going to use this example. I don't know how much further we're going to go today, but listen, I say this all the time. I have been in lots of conferences. When I first started being trained to be um, a coach, I went in conferences and many, many times I was one of the only believers in that room. But there was never a time where they got up and they say they would say something like this. I've been in conferences where they said something like this. We need to reach. Re we need to raise five hundred thousand dollars today in order to help so and so start a house for battered women's shelter. And baby, I have seen in these rooms with people who are non-believers, but they believe in being a blessing yeah. to other people. Yeah. I have seen people raise $500,000 in less than 15 minutes. Yeah. I have been in church conferences where people shout and then leave during the offering. Yeah. I have been in church conferences where they say, everybody, listen, take your best seed. We want to sow it into this woman of God. She just preached a word. We want to help these kids go to college and you bring a Trinity offering. Mm -hmm. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. I am telling you, just be, you now you may say I'm going to heaven and they not you right you going to heaven and they not but they living in heaven and you not mm. and we should have both we should be able to be able to do things faster more effectively and better than they are because they got the principles but we have the God of the principles amen I just read what Dexter said. It's transparency. That's, I love the people who go to FOC because they're just transparent. Look at what Dexter said. And this is the truth. Come on, He's, Dexter. He says, I remember a time when I witnessed someone receiving an unexpected financial gift. And a lot of people, could be, if we're honest, we can all be there at some point. It says, I asked God why that never happened to me. He said, he asked me, when have I ever? When, when have, have I, I ever, ever, ever made it happen for someone else? And he was like, boom, I got the message. 
If you want that kind of stuff to happen for you, you got to sow it. We said earlier, give God something to work with. Give God something, give God to, something work to work with. with. And this is going to be so important because I said to Pastor Elwin yesterday, I said, this is why the Lord wants us to be a soul. If you are a soul, mm -hmm. then what begins to happen to you is that you become immune to the economics of the world. Yep. There is a scripture. It's not on here. It's 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter in the Amplified. Go find it for me. I know you guys can do it. I want you to understand this. This scripture literally changed my financial life. And while they're looking for that, here's the thing. It's, it's, it's that scripture we read in Jeremiah all the time. When you are a sower, you are not trusting in flesh. When you don't trust in flesh, then you're not trusting in your own abilities. So even when the economy is falling around, the Bible says you won't even see bad when it comes. Why? Because you're so focused on what happens with God. That's all you see. And people don't really realize this. We changed our life with this. Shush, yeah. I remember, look, because <laughs> since Dexter telling the truth, let me tell the truth. Years ago. My sister graduated from Fort Valley State University mm -hmm. and we went down there to her graduation mm -hmm. and we got to stay at her godmother's house. Yeah. And at the time, her godmother was, um, I, I, I guess she still does, but her godmother went to World Changes. Mm -hmm. And back then, and this was years, this years was ago. Years, years ago. ago, years ago. Taylor may have been two. Maybe. Maybe. We go down there. And she has all of her giving goals yep. in her room because we sleep in her room because we got taken. This is the godmother. She has her giving goals on the wall. On, what on, she on wants to board. give yep. on this whiteboard. She has her super her debt that she's believing to be supernaturally canceled, right? Honey, when I tell you our ignatels laid in that bed and looked at her stuff and laughed at her stuff. Thought that we was the dumbest we thing thought that we ever was saw. the dumbest thing. How you gonna have a giving goal? How you think you, you gonna need to take that money, money and pay them bills off is what you need to do. Just as stupid and ignorant as we want to yeah. be. Over the next couple of years, the Lord will begin to teach us. And so many times we come back and laugh. And say, you know what? We was just as ignorant as we that's when the people say, bless your little heart. You look that ignorant. Means, bless heart. your little ignorant heart. Mm -hmm. You're just as ignorant as you want to be. And this is what we begin to say. This is what really began to help us. Everybody we knew who was prospering was extreme givers. Yes. It was like, Everybody wait a minute. We, <laughs> we start connecting the dots. It was like, so you mean to tell me this woman is, is blessed? This man is blessed. This family is blessed. What do they have in common? They all are big givers. Well, it had to be some revelation we wasn't getting because we, we weren't big givers and we also were not financially blessed. Well, and the <laughs> other thing, too, is that what it forced to do, what the teaching of prosperity is always going to do, it's going to force you to confront your own poverty beliefs. Yep. It's going to force you to confront your own poverty beliefs. Here's a good example. A good example is that people will look at someone else's life yep. and say, that's too much. Yep. That is the place where your poverty is confronted. Yep. Because literally people will say that wealthy people should do more, but you have the people will, for example, if, if Patrick was a billionaire, go ahead and receive it. I received it. If Patrick was a billionaire, I would look at him and say, he should feed more hungry people. 
But at my multi six figure level, I could feed some hungry people. Yes. What are you doing with what, what you have? What are you doing? What's, with what what's you in your have, hand right now? But what you do, and then some of us don't even realize how deeply programmed we have been to despise people with wealth, and you can't become what you despise. Mm. And so you despise people with wealth because that's because the the mentality is that you are poor because they are rich, mm-hmm. and that is a misconception because God. God has enough for all of us. They have done research that says that if they took the wealth of the world and they equally distributed it to every mm-hmm. citizen of the planet, yep. that in six months, the rich would be rich again and the poor would be poor again yep. because money is just a reflection of mindset. Yep. All right. Now I'm going to tell you how we changed our lives right here. Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter, amplified. It says, now remember this. He who sows sparingly Mm -hmm. will also reap sparingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to others will also reap generously and be blessed. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose just as he has decided in his heart. So this is the first step. Have you decided you're a giver? My God. Have you decided that you are a giver? And then he says, not grudgingly or under compulsion. I always stop and say right here because some of you say I give a lot of money to my family out of obligation, mm. out of compulsion, mm. and grudgingly. Yeah. You did help your sister, but you didn't want to. Mm. You helped your sister so your mama wouldn't talk about you. Mm. There is no harvest for that, right? This scripture, this part right here, it says, for God loves mm. A cheerful giver, mm-hmm. and he delights in the one mm. whose heart is in his gift. Mm-hmm. Many of you give money, but your heart isn't attached to My it. Goodness. Your heart isn't attached to your tithe. Your heart isn't attached to sowing into people's lives. He says, God loves a cheerful giver. Can y'all put that in the comments that God loves a cheerful giver? Mm-hmm. God loves me because I'm a cheerful giver. And then he says, Right this, and God is able. To make all, all grace, grace every, every favor, favor and earthly, earthly blessing mm-hmm. abound to come to you in abundance so that you may always under all circumstances, regardless yes, of the need, yes, <laughs> having complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient, self-sufficient in him and having an abundance of every good work and act of charity as it is written and remains forever. He, the benevolent and generous person, scatters the broad. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. When we got that revelation, it changed our life. Yes, there is. I believe it's the Amplified, the classic edition. Yeah, it's the classic edition. In verse seven, it says this. Let each one give as he has made up in his own mind Mm -hmm. and purposed in his heart not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion for God loves. He takes pleasure Pleasure in. in. He prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or do without a a cheerful, joyous, prompt prompt to do do. giver whose heart is in his giving. Listen, I'm going to see if they can find that. You need to underline this scripture. You need to meditate on this scripture. Do y'all hear what this scripture just said? This scripture just says that you, I, we can make ourselves indispensable. 
indispensable to God because God takes pleasure in. He prizes above other things and he is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, That's important. joyous, That's important. prop to do prop to do whose it. heart is in his giving. Whose heart. Whose heart is in whose his giving. Whose heart is in his giving. Now you may be asking, why is God unwilling to abandon a cheerful prompt to do giver? I'm going to tell you why. Because when God sees a young mother who doesn't have enough food, he's looking across the earth on who he can get to meet the yep. need. And when you become a person that says, I'll meet the need, God has a vested interest in keeping financial resources in your life. We have so many testimonies of it, but one is a good a testimony from a good friend. She needed to get some gas one morning. She had dropped her son off from school and she was going to get gas closer to her and, and close to where she dropped them off from school. And the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to go back to this particular place, this Wawa. And she was like, why would I go back there? And she said she just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, go back there. And so she went back. So she gets gas there. And he says, I need you to help somebody today. And she says, who? So she gets out of her car and she's looking to see who needs gas. And nobody seems to need gas. And then she says, she sees this man getting gas. And the Lord says, that's him. And she says to him, are you filling up? She rolls her window down and says, are you filling up? And he says, I'll be out of your way in a second. And she said, no, that's not what I'm asking. I'm not trying to get gas. He turns around and he looks at her. He kind of got an attitude because he feel like she's trying to rush him off the pump. And he says, what do you want? And she said, God told me you have a need. And he was pumping gas and his wife was in yeah, the car, the car yeah. and his wife begins to weep. And he said, what did you say? She said, God told me you have a need. What do you need? And the wife was just boohooing. They had just been evicted. Yep. And everything they were able to take was in the back of their SUV. Yep. And the man was like, what do you mean? And she said, God told me you have a need. Tell me what you need. And she, the man told, we don't have a place to stay. And she was able, because she had practiced in the small things, mm -hmm. practiced in the Starbucks, practiced in the Target, practiced in the Chick-fil-A. That's the problem. People don't practice. They don't they practice. Don't practice here in, they practice here in Holy Spirit when they need something. They don't practice here in Holy Spirit to give something. And that's why their hearing is dull when it comes to Holy Spirit prompting them to be a blessing. But because their hearing is dull there, then they never get to receive the harvest is attached to doing what God says where their giving is concerned. She said that as she was saying to the Lord, how much do you want me to give them? Mm -hmm. She said it was the biggest amount that he had ever told her to give somebody that wasn't church and wasn't somebody she that knew. she knew. Yep. And she ended up giving them a number, um, a, a amount to stay, and then an amount to get um, to get a um, deposit, and then to be able to get a place. And I'm telling you, and then you know what happened for her? Her business blew up, mm -hmm. and she made more this year than she's ever made before. See, some of you, you praying. God already knows yeah. how he's going to bless you. Mm -hmm. The question is, will you participate in the way he wants to do it? I love this. You've got to love our church because we champions. People in uh, Keyshawn, I mean, um, 
Nitra and Tanya, they like, yeah, in my AI voice, we talking about practice. Mm -hmm. We talking about practice. 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 We talking about practice. We talking about practice. Do you get up and say, who can I bless today? Practice. Do you get up today and say, Not how can game. I bless? Years ago, practice. the Marlowe's and the Strickland's and then the Valleys when Chris got married, we said, we want to be the biggest givers in the church. Yep. We take pride. This is why ain't nobody going to never be like, well, the strict ones don't give. Baby, we will outgive you. We will give you under a table. You know, people will drink you under a table. We will give you under a table. We literally all track our giving every year because every year we're trying to beat the other people because we want to be the biggest givers in our My church. God. Do you want to be the biggest giver in your church? Do you want to be the biggest giver in your family? It's a whole lot of money. Hey, baby, it's a whole lot of money. Do you want to be the biggest giver? Do you want to be the person who takes everybody to Ruth Chris and you pay for the bill? Do you want to be the person who goes to Walmart and pays for the next three people groceries? Do you want to be or do you just always want to be showing up with somebody giving to you? We live the way that we live because and here's the thing. We don't just want to. We practice. Yes. We don't just want to, we practice. We get up every day looking for an opportunity to bless. And, 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 and we was reading that scripture, it says, God is unwilling to do without. Unwilling. And he says these three things, cheerful, prompt to do, hearts in your giving. And I love that because Dexter said, I don't ever want to, Dexter Lee says, I don't ever want to be the reason somebody think God left them hanging. What? I don't ever want to be the reason. He says, I don't ever want to be the reason that God, that people think God, God left, left them, them That's why I'm cheerful about it. I'm prompt to do it. And my heart is in it because I'm a representation of God. I would rather err and be wrong than to be slow. Absolutely. I would rather think God told me to bless That's right, somebody Christy. with groceries. Use me, Lord. That's Make right. Me Use me. Center. We used to say this all the time. Make me the man. Make me the man. You can trust me. Make me the man. Yes. And y'all don't even understand because one of the things that God began to deal with us about was telling how we live. There are times that needs come into the ministry and the ministry could pay them with ease. And if the Marlowe's, the Valleys, us, we hear about them, we like, oh no, the church corporately don't get this one right here. We taking this one right and here. And I, I want people to know when we talk about being a big giver, we're not talking about amount. Please don't misunderstand it because I keep hearing, I keep hearing, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, when we talk about being a big giver, we're talking about being big in obedience. Big in big obedience. obedience. I, listen, if God tells you to give a hundred dollars and you give a million because you're trying to flex, you didn't obey. Obeying God is doing what God says. It's doing what God says. So when we talk about being a big giver, we can all be big givers because we all have the ability to be obedient. And don't I, don't miss that with a dollar value. Don't miss that. You literally can give your way out of poverty. We have given our we way. We have given out. our way out of poverty. When we started, we had five dollar seats. Mm -hmm. Five went to ten. But, and, and, but we didn't despise our we didn't five dollars. We didn't seat. talk about oh, this ain't nothing. It was like, nope, this is what God told us to give, and we gave it like it was a million dollars. Why? Because we were big in obedience. And some of you need to repent. Because the Holy Spirit told you what to do and you started to do it, but you got offended in the process. Mm. 
You got offended in the process and you abandoned it. You got offended because people talked about you. You got offended because somebody tried to take advantage of you. I remember years ago, one of our biggest injuries was somebody who betrayed us over money. And the Holy Spirit said, do not let what they did That's change right. your heart about giving. That's right. And many of you, you have felt like, well, I, I gave and people talked about me or nothing. And worked. maybe they did. And maybe, and maybe they you did. did. So what? You trust God. So what? When you put your trust in God and you obey God and you do what God tells you to do rather than trying to do it impressing somebody, you will find out that on the other side of obedience is what? Provision. And I just want to say this for those of you who feel like you've been hustled. If you obey God, you can't be hustled. You can't be hustled. But even if God. somebody try to hustle you, every single people, every group of people that's ever tried to out hustle us, we still doing better than they yep. are. Why? Because the Bible also tells us don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. So for how, how many of you making a shift today? I want I challenge. I told you, you something was gonna be said. It was gonna stir you up today. That's why we told you to tag your friends, tag your family. You listen, God wants better for you. God wants better for you. But I love what making a shift right now. Look at what she said. She said, I repent for thinking my amount wasn't enough. Yeah. You got this is very yes. important to understand. Your I, amount, hear what I'm about to say. Your amount doesn't matter until it does. That's and right. I want you to hear this. If you only have the ability to give somebody a sonic drink to sow a dollar into somebody, and that's all you have. But when the Lord tells you the seed is $100, you can't sow 75. You also can't sow 350. Right. The amount doesn't matter until it matters because there are people who, because they have a poverty mentality, they say, I'm going to get there in $5 seeds. You can only get there in $5 seeds if he ain't told you to get $50 yep. seeds. It's the, obe it's, I, it's the obedience. It's I'm committed to your process. Yes. And I will obey yep. where you tell me to obey. Yep. If you do this, I want y'all to hear me. I, if you, I want you to hear me. If you do this, it does not matter what hell try to do to you, what earth try to do to you. You cannot stay broke. You cannot stay broke. You cannot stay broke. You can. Some of you don't even realize your grandparents, your grandmother. The reason your grandmother didn't run out is because she may not have had a bunch of money. But when the Lord told her to feed people, she was out there feeding people. And the Lord just kept multiplying, kept multiplying and kept multiplying. But God is raising up a people. He is raising up a people that are going to say, not only do I know kingdom principles, I know the king. And because I know the king, I'm going to represent him in the world. And I'm going to look for opportunity. I love that Ralph Marlowe said, I am people and I'm people. And I'm going to look for opportunities because what would happen if when we, if we, what would happen if we all decided, oh, you can't bring your kids, but what would happen if we all decided we're going to go to a resort, an adult only resort. And what we're going to do is we're going to bless the staff in such a way that they're glad that we came, that we get to minister Jesus, that now they're asking us at the pool, Mr. Strickland, can you tell me why? Can you tell me why you would give me this money right here? What would happen if we could all say when the world opens back up, let's meet at a restaurant. Well, it's open. <laughs> whatever, Strickland. It's open for some of y'all. Some of y'all. Um, what would happen if we said we're going to all... If, if we just said all our partners virtually across the nation, we're going to get together, pick a restaurant, and we decide that when we go in that restaurant, we're going to match the bill with the tip. 
So if the bill was $100, the tip is $100. How many people do you think might ask you why you did that and you could tell them about the love of God? Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you, if you are willing to be a quick, prompt to do giver whose heart is cheerful in his giving, you cannot stay broke. Yeah. You cannot stay broke. You may start broke. And the Bible tells us this. This is what Paul told us about the church of Macedonia. They gave their way out of poverty. Mm -hmm. They were the least likely to be able to give. And out of all the churches, they were the ones that communicated. And that's why they couldn't stay broke. Tell your neighbor, say, no way I can stay broke. I'm a giver. Yeah. If you if you if you allow the enemy to rob you of the power of this word based on how somebody has wronged you or based on how you've seen somebody uh, mistreat people or use the term prosperity gospel in the wrong way, he will literally rob you of all of your hope and rob you of all of your expectation that comes from this word. And what we're trying to do is to make sure that that doesn't happen to people because there's an expectation. When I sow, I can have, we say, well, when I give, I don't expect anything in return. That ain't Bible. That ain't Bible. That ain't Bible. The Bible says, even when you give to the poor, he says, I'll repay you. But the Bible tells us that anytime a farmer sows a seed in the ground, that farmer is expecting a harvest. The Bible tells us that the word is seed. So whenever I receive the word and I do what that word says, I can expect a harvest off of that word. I expect, you know what? And here's the thing in Amos, it tells us that you can get to the point that your harvest overtakes your giving. Absolutely. In Amos 9, we don't have to go there. But think about this. I can put so much seed in the ground that I receive every day. Yeah. I can put so much seed in the ground that I receive every single day. And that's how God wants me to live. He wants me to have so much seed in the ground that some days I'm receiving from this tree. Some days I'm receiving from this vine. Some days I'm receiving for this. I want to, um, I, I know we're getting ready to go. I want to end with these things right here because I want to tell you this. We, we probably go dig into this for a while because I'm telling you, God is breaking some financial barriers in your life because he's breaking some financial barriers off your mind. There are three levels of giving that you can use to change your life. Mm. There are three levels. Number one is giving to the poor. Here's the promise of giving to the poor. That's why you should not despise the poor. He says, if you give to the poor, I will repay you. That's one of my favorites because literally that's like if Edwin says to me, if you give Taylor $100, I got you. What? So I'm just a pastor, right? Give to the poor. If you give to the poor, God himself will repay you. Another level of giving is what we call peer giving. Peer giving is something you see people in Fellowship of Champions do all the time. Somebody gets a new car and you want to, you cash at them for gas. You cash at them because you want to get their oil change. Peer giving typically takes place when we're in a situation, you're believing, you have manifested something I'm believing for. I'm believing for a house. I'm believing for my business to go to the next level. I am believing for a promotion in my job, right? So I see Chris post, she just got a new car. I'm like, oh my God, let me, Chris, let me get this gas for you. That's peer giving. A lot of people will not give peer giving because they're, they have a competitive spirit and they can't stand the thought of someone going there before. But peer giving says you went in first and I'm going behind you. I'm going to sow into your life and go behind you. The other giving is called promotion giving. Promotion giving is where we give into the lives of people who are where we want to be. It is where we give into the lives of where we want to be. And so many people miss this because it's not just a church perspective. I said to one of our children the other day, they were talking about how someone had allowed them to pick their brain at, for a week at work. And I said to them, I said, you need to go get a Chick-fil-A card or a Starbucks card. That person does not need your money, but you need to communicate your thanks. 
Because the truth of it is, is that promotion giving is where I say, I want what's on your life. So I want to sow into what's on your life. So I follow after you and I'm going to sow into what's your life. And we have learned to give at all of those levels. Yep. We have, and, and let me tell you something. Promotion giving is the one that really holds people back even more than peer giving because most people at promotion giving, they, they minimize their seed. I can remember when the Lord began to talk to me about sowing into my spiritual mother. Nobody had to hustle me on that. The Lord was talking to me about that. No, she wasn't asking me for anything. And I would feel like because she had so much that I shouldn't give. Like, why would I give her this $20 when she has so much? And then let me tell you the other thing, it would be like, well, why would I give her this $20 when I need this $20 and she won't even notice it? And the Lord said to me, she doesn't need it, but you need to give it. Because the Bible says that the lesser is blessed of the greater. Mm -hmm. And so the reality of it is what the enemy wants to do is we know he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And what he wants to do is he wants to pervert God's process Ooh. so bad that he can get you to not participate in it. So what he says when it comes to promotion giving, he says, number one, why would you take what you have and give to somebody who has so much more than you? And then if that doesn't work, he'll say, well, why would you give them that? That little amount of money you're giving, they're not even going to recognize that. That's not going to be worth anything. Either one of those that he can get you to buy into will rob you of your hope and expectation away from the word of God. Because he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he wants us to not participate in God's process because it is the only thing Ooh. that stops us from prospering. Mm. If you don't participate in God's process. If you don't participate in God's, it's like, it's like, if you don't, if you don't go and try out for the basketball team at school, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you don't try out, you don't get selected because you didn't participate in the process of getting on the team. It doesn't matter how much you love God. If you don't participate in his established principles, then you don't get to participate in the contribution that comes from that process. It's just that simple. And when we understood that revelation, we realized that the devil can't keep us broke. The devil can't keep me broke. The only thing kept me broke was ignorance. Ignorance. And when I grew out of ignorance and got a revelation of what it meant to live as a giver, every since then, I've lived better than I've ever been able to maintain with my own natural resources. Every year. It every gets year it gets every better. year it gets why better. because i not because i give more every year but because i've learned to be obedient more and i want people to hear me say that it's not about just how much you give because if you give your tithe and your offerings but you still live like crap in every other area it's still not gonna work well, he so has an entire process you have to follow you have to submit to the process and look i will love this the Bible says his commandments are not grievous. It's not grievous. His commandments are not grievous. So it's a pleasure that I get to obey God. It's a pleasure that I get to live right. It's a pleasure that I get to pray. It's a pleasure that I get to fast. It's a pleasure that I get to give. It's a pleasure that I allow Holy Spirit to be the pilot of my life. I love it. Look at Etoy's comment. What she say? She says, I have lived better since learning this principle from you. I'm it works for everybody. And we live it better works. after we learn this principle. Yeah. You will live better if you and, the, and, and you gotta learn it to do it. You gotta <laughs> not learn just it to, to know it. it, you gotta do it. And you have to learn how to practice because one of the things that I say all the time is that 
No, since I know this principle, you can't keep me broke. And you can't talk me out of it because I've seen it work. It's TNT. It's tried and true. It's tried and true. So we love you guys. If anybody has any questions right now, here's the thing we'll tell you. You know, the first thing you need to give your life to Jesus. Yes. That's the first thing. That's the most precious thing. That's the most precious seed you can give. So if you were sitting here thinking, man, this is a great teacher, this is a great teaching. And um, and and I just do we need to read your comments? I don't know. Keep going. Okay. If, if you um, this is a great teaching, and I need to give my um, I, I want to give my seed. Give your life to the Lord. If you were listening here and you're like, I'm in a backslidden state. Come home. Don't just get the money and live raggedy, mm-hmm. man. Come home. Come home, and then make this declaration that I will never be broke again because I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey God. It's it's tried and true. The Bible says to follow after those who, through faith and patience, have received the promise. You think about all the things we've done. You've never seen us on here begging y'all to do anything. Why? Because we know how to live by our own seed, yep. and we know how because we live by our own seed, we attract other givers Absolutely. who help us do great things for the kingdom. So we love you guys. I want to just pray the prayer of salvation in case somebody needs to do that. Right. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that today we are accepting Jesus as our personal Savior. Mm -hmm. We recognize that we need a Savior and the best gift you have ever given us, the best investment you have ever made in us is seed, is Jesus. And we thank you that because you've given one son, we can become sons. And so we want to acknowledge today that we are sinners in need of a Savior. This is if you are accepting Jesus, if you are not a if you've already accepted Jesus, you're not a sinner, you're righteousness of God. And I want to accept my right standing in Christ Jesus. And so if you are, if you were a, in a backslidden state, if you were not born again, just come on home. Amen. Amen. And now it's your opportunity to give. It's your opportunity. Don't miss the listen, don't hear a teaching like this and then and then and choke. Then, and then don't and then choke, choke and then yes. choke when the opportunity comes. I tell I say to Pastor all the time. At every level, and it still happens, at every level, God presents an opportunity for us to see whether we will pass the test. Whether we will pass the test at this next level determines whether you can live at the other level. And so whatever it is that God is asking you to do, pass the test. Don't choke out. Don't give up. If God says, hey, today is the day I want you to sow $100 and you've never sown $100 before, don't be like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. God wouldn't ask you for it if he didn't already know how he's going to get it back to you in abundance. He's only asking because he wants to have something to work with. Amen. Amen. Those of you that go to Fellowship of Champions, you know our belief is that our church is 100% tithers. Amen. We believe in the tithe. We believe, I don't care what they preach and what they say, we believe that 10% of our gross income belongs to the Lord of all of our increase. And we're happy to give it happy because give we it. know that you can't beat God's giving. And then those of you who are uh, who who really want to prosper, you know that after we give our tithe, because that belongs to God, now we get to determine how we live because that's how we sow. So we ask God, what do you want me to be a soul? You want me to get, what's my offering to my church? What's my, how, well, who am I, who can I bless this week, God? Who, who, who in the community needs assistance that, that you want me to partner with and be a part of? You know, I had a chance to do it last night. Uh, I had, I had, I had an opportunity. I was, I was, I was not going to do something. And I, and I, and I was like, wait a minute. 
I can't make that decision because the truth of the matter is everything I have belongs to God. So I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And God says, well, here's what I want you to do. And I want you to do it for me. Well, then God, if you want me to do it for you, it ain't no problem. It's a done deal. And the moment that he sent it to me, I took care of the financial need. Why? Because my money is not my own. That's right. It belongs to God. I am a steward of a whole lot, but I don't own anything. Everything I have belongs to God. If everything that I am a steward over, he may let me steward in my in my in my uh, possession, but it ultimately belongs to God because at any time he asks for it, he can have it. Amen. You know what? It's such an honor to pastor such an amazing group of people. It's an honor to pastor people who want to please God, people who want to grow, people who want to it's be taught. It, it's, it's fun. Let, let me tell you something. It's I, fun. I just want to thank y'all. And this is why I pray that the same grace on y'all, on my life, is on your life. You have made pastoring so much fun. It's fun. Especially in this pandemic. Yeah. And we've talked to so many people who are exhausted by the people that they do Listen, church with. I had two pastors who, who I know on Facebook who announced last week they're leaving ministry. They're like, I'm done. I, I, I just can't do this anymore. And it was like, you know, it's now's the right time. And the truth of the matter is they're burnt out. They're tired. They're unappreciated. Uh, and, and, and they just they just given up. And, and we're talking about ways to expand. We're like, hey, we need, to, we need to reach this gospel to everybody. To everybody. And so we just want to thank you guys, not just for how you celebrate us. That's right, Pastor Lisa. Y'all are pretty cool. Y'all are pretty cool. <laughs> no right? joke. Y'all are. We we really want to thank y'all for making, we, we, I, I, I don't think this is what most people realize pastors want. What we really want is to see you transform. Man, yes. What we really want is yes. to see you transform. So when y'all send those testimonies about how God restored your marriage, about how your health is better. How you about got a new how, revelation about How you got a new revelation. That is so encouraging. So we do thank you for the money mm -hmm. seeds. But we thank you for taking the word and letting it work in your life. Yes. Yes. So we love y'all. Yep.